the Old Testament lesson for this sixth Sunday after the Epiphany is from Deuteronomy chapter 30. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today, by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. But if your heart turns away, and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him, for he is your life and length of days, that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle lesson is from 1 Corinthians chapter 3. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. This is the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Jesus said, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, You fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, 
lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than that, anything more than this, comes from evil. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Good morning. We are very grateful to be here today uh, with some friends from uh, Risen Savior uh, here in uh, Broomfield area and also our Lutheran Bible translators missionary Dr. Becky Grossman uh, joined us and it's an amazing day. Thank you Dev and also uh, Roger for welcoming us and all of you uh, giving us this opportunity. My name is Mendedo and I am uh, bringing the Word of God to you, but before that also, I would like to convey greetings from our CEO, the Reverend Dr. Rich Radisky of the Lutheran Bible Translators, and our missionaries who are in the field, getting this very word out in the hearts of millions, and you are also part of that ministry. Today we have those texts from the Old and the New Testament, especially when we think of God's word for Moses and the people of Israel when they were on the crossroad setting and staging this statement telling them, See, I have set before you today life and death. And it's a kind of like, choose one of these, and you can't have both. And the same way also we find from the teaching of St. Paul to the Corinthians, the place where he stayed perhaps the second longest time, other than the church at Ephesus, he stayed there over three and a half years, but at Corinth he stayed a year and a half 
and he labored and he worked hard and that's the place he, he, he gave all his lectures on issues one after the other. But he come back again and he found them, they're still babies. They're still struggling and oh, look, I'm not coming here to greet you like spiritual people, but I'm coming here to talk to you in flesh because you are not getting it. Well, now we have also the gospel lesson. Very interesting. And this lesson has so many ethical paradigms from the life of being holy, blessed, to the life of divorce and marriage and relationship and issues, which are very sensitive and tough, and we all deal with it. But the Word of God is the Word of God. And Jesus spoke this to the disciples and those who were around him on the mount where they can really understand the ethical standard of life. Dear beloved, this is a Sunday of February 12th where there is also Super Bowl. I don't know which side you stand, but there is a Super Bowl later tonight. When I come to this country and I said, what, is this a game? How would this be a game? Because the only thing I knew as Ethiopian originally is running. We run very fast and we run, we endure marathon and that's part of our life. And when you see big people struggling and then I say, no, when I was a kid, I have my bulls fighting like that. I have never seen a sport like this. But believe me, today, if there is a football, especially college football, and World Cup going side by side, I still switch my channel to American football. And my family said, you are too American now. <laughs> okay, how about our text here? Let's come back to the real deal. We are God's field. We are God's building for God's mission in God's time. We are in a building. If we're not in a building, we might be kind of cold and chilly outside. If it rains and we feel it even worse, we are in a building. If it is windy, we are protected and preserved. But a building just don't happen. Just for the reason you are a good architect, you would not make the building. You design the concept, but the building got to be done accordingly. From the survey to the soil testing and having all the structural, electrical, sanitarial, and all that engineering has to come together, it's not ending there. The builders, the masoners, the carpenters, the plumbers, the electricians, and they all have to play part in the field. Am I right? Then, after you feel it is completed, well, it got to be appraised. It got to be inspected. And the city has to come and say, this is according to the code. Then it is a building. 
then you have the deed and the title. It is your building. And Jesus is saying, you are the building. And he talks about also the field. We're not talking about now the football field. We are talking about the real field in the farm. Coming from a farming community, I understand what that means. When we're in Africa, we don't wait until the rain rains. If it is a farming season, we go out and till the land, even if it is dry and hard to do anything outside. Why? Because we have a hope it is going to rain. And Jesus is using those kind of metaphor many places, but St. Paul even used it here in a very clear way because Corinth is a commercial city. There are many buildings, many structures. And he was telling them, look how long it takes to build a building. When it is completed, look how beautiful it is. You are the building. And in other place, he said, you are the temple of God. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. Now here we find you are God's field. And you are God's temple. God's building and God's mission. Then what was the context? You know what? It sounds like our time, isn't it? And we always have that jealousy and competition. And we all would like to do or take the credit for this and that. After Paul spent 18 months at Corinth, then he left and tried to plant other churches elsewhere. And the folks who have been confessing that same Christ were under his feet, learning the same teaching of the Word of God. You can't get wrong from Pauline doctrine. It is to the point. And then when he came back, the story is different. He knew and he heard about them. He, he heard so many things and someone was writing about the situation. Oh, among us to you, there is some of you married your own this and that. And there was a lot of rumors and he was getting all that. And then he came, he found out that is real. And then he made this clear. Look at your text. It speaks louder and greater than even what I try to say here to you. Amharic is my fifth language. Bear with me. And English is like my fourth language. And if I speak in Amharic, I would make even more sense. But in English, I have to think twice before my lips utter the word out to your ears. But here, the text speaks loud. And read the text from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, 
for you were not ready for it. And continues, even now you are not yet ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, then the story continues. Then he told them, you should know better. And here we find a kind of collateral damage. In one way, Paul was saying, look, I was there with you for 18 months, but you know what? I was feeding you milk. I just found out you are not ready for the real deal. And the second part is, even after you know the real deal, you are not still ready for the real deal. And this is a kind of leadership Paul had. Sometimes people easily just tell about their situation and perhaps blame one group, but Paul was taking responsibility. Look, I could have done really fed you real food and a strong meal, but you were not ready. And now you are fighting on nonsense, elementary. It is just elementary issue. What is the issue? There was this guy from Alexandria, just a little bit up north from where I come from. I'm from Ethiopia, he's from Egypt, Alexandria, and his name was Apollos. Very young, a mobile orator, and a philosopher, and a thinker, and he outsmarted Paul. Because now everybody said, hoo-hoo, this is the one. And they said, we don't know about Paul. He was here a while ago. But now we have the professor at the house. And then some of them said, well, look, we are a Jew. And even if we are descendant of Jew and live in, in, in Corinth, in Greece, we are Jew. And we always refer back to the lead apostle, Peter. And Peter is a real apostle, not Paul, because Peter was with Jesus. And Paul was like, you know, he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And then Paul claimed he's an apostle. There was a dispute. Then Paul said, you are all wrong. And one plants the other one waters, but who's growing? God is growing. The glory got to be God, not for Peter, not for Paul, not for Apollos, but God and God alone. There we find very mysterious expression how Paul was addressing these people. And he told them, what then is apostle? What is Paul? Servants through when you believed, as the Lord assigned to each, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who planted nor he who waters is anything but only God only God who gives the growth. This is amazing. The 
church where I come from is a Lutheran church in Ethiopia. Some of you probably heard about the Ethiopian Evangelical Church, Mekane Jesus. One of the largest growing Lutheran denominations in the world. When I was a young man, I thought I am still young, but when I was young, when I had more hair, <laughs> I met a German missionary whose name was Johannes Launhardt from Hermannsburg, Germany. Bob and Merlin met my mom and dad. They were in Ethiopia last summer. So they knew the place where I was brought up, the church body and the ministry of the Lutheran Bible translators. So they connect easily. I was born and raised in Ethiopian Orthodox phase, which means I was not a Lutheran. I didn't have any German DNA. <laughs> I was like that prophet, the prophet Amos. He said, I was just looking after my herd and picking up my sycamore tree, but God called me I am now the prophet. How do you imagine an African, an Ethiopian, coming here in Denver, Colorado, preaching to you folks? Otherwise, God has grown that seed. Pastor Johannes was a missionary in Ethiopia. He lived for 35 years, and at the age of 15 one day, I was walking around and life was meaningless at the age of 15. There was an ongoing civil war in the country, starvation and famine, and some of you are familiar about what happened back in the days when singers came out in the stage and they said, we are the world, and do they know if this is Christmas? That was a generation of mine lost so many family members, seen people dying, starving, dying. I barely survived, and then barely survived also the civil war. Then one day, someone brought me to the church, like a church like this, and I found out there was a German, very tall, and he was Stretching his hands like that, he filled that small chapel, wall to wall. Then I couldn't believe my eyes. I said, oh my God, what am I seeing here? Then at the end of the service, he was preaching in Amharic, the lingua franca of Ethiopia. Then his accent was like my English to your ears. <laughs> I was like laughing and, you know, at the end of the service, he was greeting everybody and I'm short and he was right there. And he came down and he held my hands and he said, God loves you. He said it in Amharic. Boy, my heart was pondering and I couldn't stand. I couldn't believe it. Then I looked, at my, I looked at his eyes and I was kind of scared. And that was my first time to shake the hand of 
a German or a Caucasian or a European. I never. I saw Caucasian people in a TV if I watch soccer. That's all I know. <laughs> then I hold him and he looked at me again and he hugged me to his, his chest. He tightly hugged me and he said, that was then I felt like this man is a witchcraft. <laughs> because in Africa, if the, if the guy knows everything, we have that understanding, that must be a witch, witchcraft. Then I was to run away from him and he held me back and he held me tight and he said, fear not, I'm your brother. That sank in my heart. That was the aha moment in my life. And he gave me the Bible. Just to make the story short. And I had my Bible. Since then, my eyes opened. And one day, he was in Frankfurt. And we met at Frankfurt Airport. And I said, Pastor Johannes, can you believe you didn't think I would be a preacher? Did you think... I would be a president of a university in the United States? Did you plan when you connect me the word of God, I would be this guy today? He said, I planted someone watered. God has grown. It is not me. It is only God. Hmm. That is true. I was still infant. And I taught his virtue, his goodness, his kindness, because he raised me from 9th grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade, then seminary life, coming to the United States. And I thought, he is the one. But Pastor Johannes was pointing out, no, it is God. Then when I take you back to that church, I was the first convert in my clan. This is about 36 years ago. I was 15. Now you know how old I am. <laughs> Today, just in that clan, we have about 1.3 million Lutherans. And I look back, and every time I go there, I cry. I never thought this would be happening. The church that began with 20,000 members, today it has about 11.8 million Lutherans. Twice bigger than all the Lutherans in the United States. Then people say, well, you know why this happened? Because there was intense persecution, so folks have nothing to turn in. They turn it into God. Hmm. And some people say, no, because they give a lot of birth, and Ethiopians have three, four, five, six children. Well, there may be Nigerians have also more children. Largest population. Well, Mexicans may have even more largest population in the world, but we don't have that number of Lutherans there either. But it is like what Luther said, the gospel is like a wildfire. You get that one very well because you have wildfire here. When it roared through Louisville last time, it took down some structure and it misses some. And then you say, 
How did this survive? Luther said, the gospel is like a spring rain. It showers wherever it pleases. And it misses out some places. That's exactly what is happening in our world, in our church body, here in the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod. Sometimes we ask, why? Where are the folks in the pew? Why our membership is dwindling? Why our seminaries are only training this number and that number? But God has a way. He can surprise us. Even with one, even without anything. He created everything out of nothing. He is a cause. And he is a fulfillment. And Paul just alluded to the church at Corinth. I understand you are parting this way and that way. But remember, our success story is God. And later on today, you hear from Becky Grossman, her journey and life in Liberia to get this word out in the Bandi language for the Bandi people. And then you say, today she sees so many converts, probably 10 years. If she doesn't even live in the near future, hundreds and millions, we meet all of them in heaven, singing before the Lamb the song of eternity. That is what makes our life different. That's exactly what St. Paul was talking. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, you are God's building. Just have those three things. Fellow workers. God's building. And God's field. Just don't wait until rain comes. Get out and do whatever you do. Because God is calling you. Some of you might think, oh, I'm already old, I'm already aging. It's time for aching and tiresome. God is not finished with you. Some of you might be young, very young. You had no idea how God works. God uses us. And it's beautiful to see these two congregations and two pastors come together and have such a mission. It's wonderful. At the end of the day, we all be in the same place. That's it. There is no Pastor Dave. There is no Pastor Mendedo. There is no Pastor Roger. But only what? The great shepherd. Christ. And that's what we need to celebrate. We are part of that life and that journey. We are good Lutherans, are we not? <laughs> because we say what? Already, but not yet. That's our scatology. If people ask you, what do you know about the end? About the end? We are already in the end. <laughs> but not yet completed. Not yet consummated fully. And just have that in mind. Let's have that kingdom mind. God reign in us. That, have, that we have a kingdom mind and mission mind. Dear beloved, I don't want to take more time. But I want you to know, you are God's temple. Don't you know that you are the temple of God? That the spirit of God dwells in you. Paul was well aware it is God's work. 
We are building. God is building. And God expects us that quality of work, workmanship. Because for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Therefore, what better harvest than seeing a seeding a seed and planting the seed and you being the one that was be able to water, plant. God is the one responsible to grow. Don't worry about who's coming. Who's coming to church? That's not your business. You go to your business partner. You go to your friends, you go to your schoolmates, you go to your neighbors, you go to your Kwana clubs and Lions club, always tell Jesus. Tell the word. Plant the seed. That's exactly what Pastor Johannes did. He didn't know this will happen today. But God raised. Will you do that good works by the grace of God? It is not all about us. It is about him. He's the one who called us. That is the purpose of our life, why we live on earth. Today you hear this from one of our missionaries, our friends, and tomorrow from your pastors. But make sure you choose life, Christ, him crucified, the true life. That comes to this world. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen.